Well, it's the first day of March, and we're coming out like a lion with special guests and topics. Yes, welcome back. It's This Week with Wendy, the only show where you'll find real talk about the real SoCal estate of mind. With your host, Wendy Ross, who after decades of working in real estate brokerages in Silicon Valley and Orange County, decided it was time to create something different, and she did, and thus was born Veracity Real Estate. Time was right for a renewed commitment to bespoke client advocacy at all price levels. Yes, we said all price levels, something you don't see in high-cost markets like Southern California. And through it all, she's built a company of data-driven real estate investment advisors. She sometimes calls them nerds, but uh, we'll find out today. It's filled with truth seekers and truth tellers, and truth be told, she's got somebody here I think is going to tell it like it is. <laughs> if, if the before show conversation is any indication here, it's going to be a wild one. <laughs> Welcome, Wendy. Good morning, Paul. So you've got your sensor button at the ready, right? I have got the uh, profanity delete or whatever it is here. But Wendy, Wendy, you brought some attorneys in. These are quiet, dull people. Oh, as a rule, not so much. <laughs> yeah. And you're right. I surround myself with fantastic people. That, a, they make me look smart. But you know me. I am a nerd. and I've got a team of nerds. And we want to bring some market analysis to the residential real estate specter that you're not going to find anywhere else. And a big part of how we do it is by surrounding ourselves with people who are smarter than we are, who bring novel perspective. And that is why I'm delighted to bring our show sponsors. Ford and Delio here is our guest today. Should I ring the bell here or something? Yeah, do you have a bell? <laughs> ding, ding. Wait, I had no idea there was a bell. Paul, <laughs> oh, you're holding out on me, I man. Am, I am. Oh, my gosh. But these guys are not only really dear friends of mine, they're also icons in the legal industry. So super excited to have them. And first up, let me introduce Brendan. Brendan Ford is one of the founding partners, of course, of Ford and Delio, and he's developed a stellar reputation for mediating complex and often emotionally charged disputes. So Brendan was selected by Super Lawyers Magazine as a Southern California super lawyer every year since 2019. So he's killing it during COVID. And he's amassed, he's amassed other awards, too. I want to say that one again. He's killing it during COVID. Okay. Oh, yeah. damn it. He's going to bleep me. <laughs> first to go. Yeah, that, you're the first to get the censor button. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Killing it during COVID. I don't know. Look. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. Uh, the too commentary. Soon. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Anyway, back to Brendan way more important than me and my bloopers. <laughs> He's amassed several other awards. In addition to his professional legal accomplishments, Brendan, as we were talking about earlier, is an operatic tenor. He's a former musical theater actor, and he remains passionate about the performing arts. So, a well-rounded human being, Mr. Ford. And I have heard him sing over at the Center Club. This guy can really sing when he lets loose. Wow. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Right? Yeah. So we'll save that for the end of the show, have him erupt into song. Right. Somewhere. Much to Chris's chagrin. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, Wendy, you need a theme song, and and can do it. <laughs> well, he was oh, jamming out to, to the jingle on the Yeah, I, I was a happy rocks there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, the, our other partner in crime here, Chris Delio. Yeah, literally partner in crime. Literally. He, he is, he is the, the Wait a minute. Did we, lawyers just said partner in crime here? I don't know. Yeah. We're, yes. We're covering a lot of stuff here today, aren't we? See, they, they're just balancing out my dingage. Right. So I'm going to bleep them, too. So he co-founded Ford and Delio with Brendan after two decades of experience representing businesses and employment disputes. Uh, a native of Orange County, he's also a member of the Board of Directors for the Orange County Youth Sports Foundation. In addition, 
received an accommodation medal and other awards for his service, his military service, primarily now providing legal assistance to deployed or deploying service members. So a great veteran, a great friend, a humanitarian. We love this guy in spite of himself. Well, at least somebody does. <laughs> <laughs> Hold that thought, people. Right. <laughs> There's more to come. Right. Show hasn't ended yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we haven't even gotten warmed up, yeah. have we? But before I let you guys steal the show, which I'm counting on your doing, I'm going to do a really quick recap of what happened last week. Hence the name, This Week with Wendy. There you go. So last week we saw 373 new housing units come on the market, which is great, except that we needed 1,500. 585 listings went under contract and into escrow. That was up 19% from the week prior, which is crazy hot. 454 units sold. That was down 9%, but simply because we didn't have enough units to sell. We took seven days median to sell the homes in the market last week. That was up one day from the week prior. So we're just balancing along at basically no time at all. Right. Yeah, that's crazy quick. The part that kills me and makes my head hurt, Chris, our median price went up to a million forty-five five. <laughs> that was up 5% over the week prior. So the list price, and get this, the median price keeps going up, but our list price to, clip to sold price ratio is also still going up. Wow. So we're pricing them higher and we're still getting and more. we're still going well. Right. And, and what's making my head hurt so much about this is last year, you know, meaning, you know, officially January to December, we started calculating the the history of closed sales saying, okay, if you buy this property today and one just like it sold four months ago, we have to add one to one and a half percent to value each month since that closed. Wow. Right? It was just our world last year, which was crazy town. Yeah. So I've been tracking this weekly and never in my career did I think I'd actually have to track this weekly because <laughs> monthly isn't fast enough. So what I'm seeing is that prices are now going up 1% per week. As of the first eight whole weeks of 2022. And there are 52 weeks in a year. That, this is just insane. It, it's not sustainable. Yeah. I mean, this cannot continue. And we, we have we have spiked. The acceleration is so real. It's so hot. The only way that I can see this plateauing or reversing is if, like I said, we get 1,000 to 1,500 housing units entering the market every week. And if we don't get that, which I'm thinking we're not going to get, I'm not sure where we're going to go. I mean, it's going to become this unaffordable place like Manhattan. I mean, Orange County is becoming the Manhattan of Southern California. And the reason why I'm concerned that that is exactly what's going to happen is because my other attorney friends, not not these two, but I'm sure you will support this, they're telling me that divorce filings are up 200 to 300%. That's true. <laughs> yes, yeah. We, I think we uh, we all drank a lot more during COVID, and right. we also we also realized we didn't want to be stay at home with the right. person we were with. I don't like we this with. person anymore. <laughs> exactly. I really don't like... Well, and so presumably... But most it's of those sad, people, you know, but it's true. Yeah. Well, and if they have children, then they're probably not going to split the household and move terribly far away, which means they're going to need two housing units for the one that they've created, which is going to make this worse. So yeah. right. Right. I don't know if this heat is starting to, to hit the market because the divorces are already happening. Thoughts? I, I think that I think they're already happening. I think, okay. that, I think that is part of it. But, okay. um, you know, again, we, we've constantly had this, this supply issue here in the yeah. market. I mean, that's that's you know something we've been dealing with for a long time. It but, has been. You know, we've been saying it's unsustainable for a long time. At least I have been. And, yes. and I know you have. And so, I, you know, at what point is it no longer not sustainable? I don't know. As long as we have cheap money. And again, hearkening back to the conversation before we went on the air, right. we we're talking about the, the political crisis in the Ukraine. And if there are issues there that that put pressure on our economy and we increase the cost of money, hopefully that will cool things off. Right. One, you know, I mean, I think 
rates are going to go up. I mean, they, they, they the, Fed's, the Fed's been very clear about that. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it has to happen. Yeah. The international crises complicate that, mm-hmm. but I, I think they're, I think the Fed's sort of hands are tied. Rates are going up. I mean, how much and how much it cools things off. I mean, <laughs> I wish I, if I knew I'd make an appropriate bet. We literally need a thousand percent more inventory. Right. Right. Like a thousand percent people. I've never in my 20 plus year career said those words out loud. Well, I read this in a fantastic newsletter recently. Oh, tell me <laughs> but, you know, as you point out, the challenge is that you have people who are not willing to sell. I actually, I mean, in my own world, I know people, they say, you know, I have this house. It's appreciated tremendously. Mm-hmm. I have all this equity, but where do I go? So right. I sell it to what end, you know, kind yeah. of thing. Like it's just so hot and everything's rising so much. It's, they don't, they're holding on to their inventory. Right. As you pointed out. Right. And then yeah. you've got the divorce rate. You've got political pressures in terms of not building new housing. Mm-hmm. You just have a lot of these factors that have kind of come together all in this perfect storm exactly. that have created a lot of, of upward pressure on prices. And then beyond that, you know, we, we still have low interest rates, and but inflation is becoming this, this big issue. Mm-hmm. And so trying to navigate an already high inflation rate with raising interest rates, which I agree with Chris needs to happen and oh, will absolutely. happen, yeah. Uh, yeah, is, a, is, is a fine line to, to navigate. It, it, it's it's crazy because as you said, I mean, we already had this this issue of shrinking inventory and putting this pressure on the market, and then the more it shrank, the more people went, "Hey, wait, I can't sell and put my house on the market," which made which accelerated the shrinking of the market. Right. It's like at what point does it go supernova? Right. right. And I wish I knew, but that's why we're here talking every single stinking week. <laughs> you know, and people are like, what do you have to talk about every week? You'd be surprised. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot of moving pieces. Yeah. there are so many. And and Paul. To your point, you know, no, I just don't have interior decorators and appraisers and home inspectors. <laughs> I don't know what you were thinking. I mean, the home is, is pretty much everyone's greatest asset. Right. And you've seen the median price here is over a million dollars in Orange County. We blew past L.A. County. L.A. County with Brentwood and Westwood and Malibu. We've blown past them in terms of median price. What the holy hell? I mean, this is this is insane. Bleep. Anyway, Paul, bleep. <laughs> I, I, I miss them. She does it so often. I can't keep up with her. It's the Wendy bombs. Just wait. The carpet bombs will come. Anyway, enough about me and my views on the market. Let's let's talk a little bit about Ford and Diulio and what they're doing. So, Brendan, to you. Yes. What is mediation and why should a homeowner know about it before they actually get into a real estate dispute? Great question. First of all, thank you very much for having me on your show. It's a delight to be here, and it's always great to hang out with my best friend here and talk mm-hmm. about things that we care about. So thank you very much for having us. In terms of mediation, mediation is a wonderful tool. Broadly speaking, it's a method of dispute resolution in which a neutral third party who's the mediator helps two or more people who are in a dispute come to some kind of negotiated resolution. It's a superior method of dispute resolution for at least three reasons. First of all, it's much faster. Mm. A lawsuit that involving a, a car disclosure or anything like that in a residential real estate context can take years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for those of you who are listening, CAR means California Association of Realtors. Yes, right. I was going to use that in another context, but you're right. California Association of Realtors. So those types of disputes can go on for years. Mm-hmm. Your average lawsuit can go anywhere from two to three years. Mm-hmm. So mediation can take place in a day. It's much cheaper. A mediator costs, you know, a good mediator costs a few thousand dollars. Good lawyer costs hundreds of dollars per hour, and you multiply that over months and years. Not and that you two know anything more. about that. <laughs> Not at all. And then third, it's a lot more efficient and effective. We get to the heart of the matter right away instead of hurling accusations and so forth. It's like, what's the real problem here? Mm-hmm. And how do we all tackle it, you know, 
party A, party B, and the mediator all put their heads together. And so what's nice about it is that instead of this confrontational, mm -hmm. it's we all sit on the same side of the table and the problem is the thing on the opposite side of the table. Wow. And so we all look together to how do we resolve that. And so it takes away a lot of the steam mm -hmm. that may exist in a traditional litigation where it's A versus B, exactly. Mm -hmm. Now in the residential context, there, there's one thing. In the car context, I will say it, California Association of Realtors is to actually be commended for their views on mediation and it's very specific to the to the home buying context um, as you know obviously every purchase and sale agreement is done on a, on a car form right or, or it should be or I, should I have be. seen some that are not that cocktail I, napkin didn't work that, it's a horrible idea yes <laughs> you are committing uh, real the, estate malpractice no, if the, you do not use a car form. I, I, we literally had one recently it was it was a one page that somebody had bought at like kinko's or something and it was just like a sale agreement and mm. don't don't use that because well, they weren't using a, a licensed person correct uh, right. I, I, yeah i'm certain that was the backstory well that worked out so well no right. it, it turns out it didn't by the way yeah right you know the penny pound kind of thing you know mm -hmm. it's it's uh an ounce of prevention is worth the pound of cure. Well, people forget the ignorance of the law, including real estate transacting law, is not protection from it. Exactly. For the California Association of Realtors, that form is, is fantastic for two reasons. One is if there is a dispute, it contains what's called an attorney's fees provision, mm -hmm. which basically says, you know, if party A and party B get into a fight over that and party A wins, mm -hmm. they get to recover the, or apply to recover the attorney's fees that they expended in order to get into this fight mm -hmm. with one really, really, really important exception. Love the caveat. The caveat mm -hmm. is if you do, and this uh, was- As lawyers, we love the caveat. We love so the caveat This is too. where we live. This is where we live in the gray, <laughs> right? If it's black and white, it's that's easy. You don't need us. But it's the gray where it gets interesting. But the, the form says that if you do not first go to mediation mm -hmm. before going to your lawsuit, you waive that right. Mm -hmm. And that's a right that, as I was saying, a two-year lawsuit, you're talking, you can forfeit. And there was a reported case in the last decade where that exact thing happened. They raced to the courthouse instead of doing it. It was a car form. And they sought tens of thousands of dollars in recuperated uh, attorney's fees. And mm -hmm. the court the trial court said, no, -uh, the, the form means what it means. And, and let me guess, they said, we never read the form. Correct. And then they appealed, and the appellate court read and said, no, the form says what it says. You've mm -hmm. got to do mediation first. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, you don't get your attorney's fees. Yeah. And that's and, the end of it. And, and that, that's really so important because a lot of times the fees can be the tail that wags the dog. Sure. You know, if, if you're going to spend, if you're going to litigate for two years and spend $200,000 in attorney's fees, mm -hmm. you may have only been fighting over $200,000. Right. And so, you know, at the end of the day, let's say you won, but it's, it's a false victory. Exactly. And I love how you were talking about um, your enthusiasm about mediation and cars embracing of it people your analogy saying in mediation we sit on one side of the table and we put the problem on the other side and collaboratively we figure out how to solve that problem and it seems to me again hearkening back to our conversation before we went live that so many attorneys just want to crush the other one into the ground and it becomes about being right it becomes about winning or losing and being the victor or the victim that doesn't benefit all parties. No. In fact, you know, first of all, you're right. A lot of attorneys, it's that old adage, you know, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Right. right. So it's like, go, go, go. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, and one of the reasons that we started our firm is that that can be wonderful for the attorneys. Mm -hmm. World War, well, I shouldn't say World War Three. that maybe. Yeah, it's but, too, too, too soon. Know, yeah, I don't, okay. <laughs> when you want protracted, scorched earth litigation, that can be great for the attorneys, mm -hmm. but that can be terrible for the clients. To Chris's point, you know, you say, I spent 
you know, would you spend $500,000 to win a hundred? Absolutely no. not. Right. And that yet people say, by God, I'm going to do whatever is possible to mm-hmm. destroy and ground this, grind this other person. Mm-hmm. Into it's about dust. the principle. That's, right. That's whenever a, a client says that we quickly disabuse them. It's right. not about the principle. It's never about the principle right. and it's always about money. And so, you know, yeah. it, it, but because what ends up happening is they're fighting like, you know, they're on the cast of Les Mis on, on top of the barricade <laughs> until it, it, it didn't that, work out well. No, it didn't work out. And then they get the first bill and they go, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, I care about this, but not that yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. Can you just wrap this up now, please? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Th- there are so many people that don't understand, too, in residential real estate, quite unlike commercial and quite unlike, as you guys can right. speak to, other commercial business disputes, so much emphasis is placed on good faith. Yes. Oh, so absolutely. Much, yeah. Right. And in, in residential car and, and attorneys and mediators and all and everyone who is involved in the residential transaction starts with the presumption that the lay person who is buying a home is not as sophisticated as a person who is buying or selling a business or or or. And, and that's it's true. But mm-hmm. that presumption is baked in. Right. Yeah. So the presumption is baked in. And people, I think, forget, especially if, you know, lawyers are buying and selling homes and lawyers are fighting with lawyers and then they're lawyering up this lawyer on lawyer i think they forget that the resolution is probably going to be one that is less fact-based and black and white than they expected going into it because yeah, good we, faith matters right and we always refer that in, in the legal world we refer that as equity you mm-hmm. know there, there's the law which is mm-hmm. you can or can't do something equity mm-hmm. is fairness right what's fair Right. You know, what, 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 what should the right result be, regardless of sort of some black or white? And to Brendan's point, again, there's that gray area. Mm-hmm. And that gray area is fairness. And that's mm-hmm. what's going to dictate the gray area. Right. Right. Was there, was there a deliberateness in whatever caused the dispute? Was it something that was egregious? Was it, was it something that someone could have reasonably known? Yeah. Good faith mistakes. Right. You know, people, people missed something. You didn't check a box. You didn't, you know, some, something didn't get disclosed. It should have, but mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. We're going to look at fairness. You're going to look at equity. Right. And right. I'll tell you in terms of, to, piggyback on that point the good faith and the reputation of the person with whom you're dealing like a a real estate professional or the attorneys that you do Mm -hmm. make a huge huge difference in those kind of issues because that forms the prism through which you view the conduct right yeah so you see this we do see this in jury trials right juries come in all the time and basically they put a black hat on one side and they put a white hat on the other Mm -hmm. and if the white hat is on then it's an innocent mistake you Mm -hmm. forgot well, mm-hmm. I, I know Wendy. She would never miss something like that intentionally. If you have the black hat, I know she was trying to pull the wool over my eyes and she was to pull one over to, to, to get me in order to do it. Exactly. Exact yeah. same conduct. Exactly. But now, it's, whether it's a lie or an innocent mistake, depends entirely on that prism through which mm-hmm. you see the person. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's why having a good reputation, having a good interactions with both you know your clients and with other agents, oh, yes. your reputation is everything. It and is. so it is. And the same is here. So that's why the good faith issue is, is so critical. In, it's, it's paramount. It, it is. is paramount. It is. And you know, I train my, my team on that. And I don't train them to be artificial about this. I say authentically engage with the professional on the other side and, and be positive and supportive because we're all collaborating to the same end ideally right right? we want to get a fair deal for both parties we want to get them through escrow and closing escrow and make it really clear demonstrate that you're there to support the other professional that is so useful because later in the process if something does get missed or goes awry they don't assume there was deliberateness they say oh this person has been so cooperative and, and helpful and professional and on the ball. Let's figure it out. Exactly. You know, so it de-escalates things before they become a dispute. And that ends up benefiting your clients ultimately, which is what we all want to do. Absolutely. Right? And I think clients often misunderstand when I talk about the importance of you want to hire my team because we play nicely with others. 
it's massively important. It, it's Brendan always says we play nice in the sandbox, and right. you know the, the same applies to even us as lawyers. Um, Brendan's very good at the mediation. If if maybe that's not the right route, and you need to be you know a little bit more forceful, I, mm-hmm. that's kind of more my side, mm-hmm. uh, which is why we're good partners. But you still have to be nice and professional. Right. You, you know, you never know when you're going to need somebody to you know assist you in the future. You never know if you're going to deal with somebody in the future transaction. I and have so there's, to imagine. There's no reason, no reason to be you know hyper aggressive or or to be confrontational nasty right? or right. condescending. You know, oh, that's, of, the, that's the worst. One of the mm-hmm. you know obviously we're all here. Referral is every referrals are everything, right? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you some of the most professionally gratifying referrals that we've ever gotten. That is, we've gotten on probably a half dozen occasions, we've gotten cases referred to us from lawyers that we were against in heated litigation on a prior case. I've heard that about you, and I thought that was wildly and impressive. It's, it's so it's so gratifying because that means, you know, they thought we, what does it say, right? They think we're smart, they think mm-hmm. we're ethical, and they think that we're going to do a good job for their client. And obviously, we weren't jerks and we weren't burning bridges. Yeah, as right. say, yeah we got a good result. We were forceful. Mm-hmm. We advo- advocated for our client, but we were never, we were never jerks about it. Boom. There it is. It, that is our job as well. Our job is to advocate for our clients. And a big part of that is to be as effective as we can on the front end and make sure that all their ducks in a row and all the, the T's are crossed, I's yeah. are dotted. And so I'm going to segue then into speaking of starting well before a transaction. So mm-hmm. how important is it for homeowners, Chris, to have an estate plan? Sure. So I look, that's that's crucial. And this is something that sadly comes up you know, more often than we'd like. You know, We do have a lot of homeowners, for a variety of reasons, are, are aging. Mm-hmm. And, and Aren't we all? We, well, I Some guess, of us faster than others, well, I, I, I'm in denial about it, but that's that's uh, that's my own issue. People, we're aging. You know, we, you know, we're all going to pass at some point. And, mm-hmm. and the largest asset, to your point earlier, for most people in Orange County is their house. Right. You know, if you, if you bought your house 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it's appreciated a lot. A lot. I mean, it's appreciated a lot this week. Yeah. So, <laughs> the last 20, 30 Don't years. Don't hold your breath, darling. It's going ex- up. Exactly. And so, you know, for a lot of of people, if you don't own real estate, you probably don't really need an estate plan unless you have some sort of other extenuating issues, mm-hmm. you know, unless you, you own part of a company or something like that. I mean, if you just have a, a large bank or investment account, you can tell the bank, you know, you can designate who your beneficiary sure. is. On your life insurance, you can designate who the beneficiary is. You can't really do that on your deed when mm-hmm. you buy a house. Mm-hmm. And so that house, if you pass without an estate plan, it's open. Right. It doesn't automatically transfer to anyone. Now, we have a process that you can go through. It's called probate. And that's just, that's a court. You know, it's its own court that's set up that just deals with these sort of really sad issues. And I don't think people understand that the, the tax, the, you know, the heirs is based upon the market value of the property, not the equity position. It, it's based on the market value of the property as well as, you know, the, the cost that you're going to pay for attorneys mm-hmm. to probate that. Mm-hmm. And, and here's this really the saddest thing. That process takes time. So let's say, you know, your your parent or grandparent passes and they leave you and your, your brother a property. Mm-hmm. You don't automatically get it. In fact, you have to run to court mm-hmm. before you can even list it. Right, because you don't have the authority to right. do that because right. technically not yours. In, yeah, in fact, in fact not and, yours yet. and we yeah. see that. I mean, you shouldn't even sign a listing agreement. Right. And um so that sort of a separate issue. But you have to get approval from the court. That's gonna take time. Then, once you sell it, you need approval from the court to sell the property. Mm-hmm. And then you need approval from the court to distribute those funds. 
in in real terms, you may think, you know, sad your parent passed, but hey, you know, at least we get this house and I'm going to get, you know, the equity. I'm going to split it with my sibling. Mm-hmm. You may not get that money for like 18 months. Right. It's going to sit in escrow. Mm-hmm. Now, escrow is happy about that. Sure. But, but you're, you're, you're really not happy. That money's just going to sit there. And you've missed all that market acceleration. You, you've missed too. all that market acceleration. It's it's tied up. You're paying for an attorney mm-hmm. to, to do all this process. And at the end of the day, you could have solved that by having a very simple estate plan. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, the most complicated thing sure. in the world. But to, sure. to Brennan's point, you know, you spend a little bit of money at the front end. Mm-hmm. You know, these, you know, estate plans are not that expensive, but yes. it's going to avoid this huge process on the back end. No right? one knows more than I do. Trust me. No, it's horrible. You know? Yeah, I agreed. I mean, yeah. there's a statutory requirement that you wait four months after you get, so it takes a while to just get the letters of administration from the court. That's a mm-hmm. process and a half. Mm-hmm. But once and, you and, and do that's the, just so you can list and sell that. Do something. Yeah. So now right. they're saying it's still not yours, but you, designee, can now operate on behalf of the estate. And once that happens, mm-hmm. now you're like, okay, good, we're golden. No, no. the law says four right. months minimum because you have to give notices to everybody but the Pope, right? Especially get, the uh, tax authorities. Especially yes. the FTB. You must let them know. Yeah, and the taxing authorities are very, very eager, and they get all kinds of notice, and mm-hmm. so they want to be sure that they're, they're in the outstanding. Flesh. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Of course. Great Shakespearean reference, and, and you know the, the timing. We've talked, we've touched on this. You know, we we all went through COVID, right? Um, and just like there is a backlog in inventory, there was a significant backlog in. In court actions, you know, courts were closed for a long period of time. Exactly, they, my question. Yeah, and then when they were open, it, it's really reduced. You know, they had these sort of skeleton crews. You you weren't processing things at the same time, and they had a huge backlog. And weren't we're, they prioritizing more critical cases? Uh, well, of course. I mean, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, people have a constitutional right mm. on a criminal case. Right. You know, you have a right. That's you know, if what somebody's, I thought. If they somebody's sitting, it. if somebody's sitting in jail. Uh, and, and they've got a right. You have a right to a speedy trial. You know, I read mm-hmm. that somewhere. And so the courts have an obligation. You don't have a right to a speedy probate. Right. You don't have a right to a speedy resolution of your contract dispute. Mm-hmm. You don't have a right to a speedy resolution of, of, of the your real estate, estate dispute. Yeah, right. that, that fell apart. Exactly. You don't have that right. And or so, your divorce. And you're, or, right. you're, or your divorce. So those are going to mm-hmm. all be sort of the lowest tiered things. You know, the criminal stuff's always going to take place. So we're and still seeing a backswell of this, we're right? We're still seeing a backswell. It's, it's way less than it was good but we're still dealing with it and so yeah. we're still dealing with timelines that were even they were they were onerous to begin with they weren't good to begin with right let's let's be honest in 2019 <laughs> we did not have speedy justice in the civil system and you heard this from an attorney yeah you right i mean we, we we do our best now you know people would say well attorneys are probably the, the problem and there's a variety of reasons for that but it, it got worse and so mm-hmm. we're, we're we're getting out of it a little bit but it's still worse and so if you own real estate you know, get, get yourself a really good real estate professional to help you with the transaction. Pick me, pick me. And, and, and then, you know, get yourself a good, good insurance broker and totally. And, and once you have it, get yourself an estate plan. Yes. You're, you're, you're doing a tremendous, it's going to cost you a very, very small amount of money. Mm-hmm. And the, the anguish and heartache and expense mm-hmm. to your heirs that you're saving them is exponential. But especially because we're talking about huge assets now. You are, and it's and it's conspicuous. Like yes. you said, there's there's a bank account, there's you know stocks or whatever. Those aren't conspicuous. Exactly. But your heirs have seen your house. Right. They've been there. They've and, had Thanksgiving there. And they they read the newsletters and listen to the podcast, and they know it's worth a lot of money. Right. And, and they would kind of you know again, it's a you don't want anything to happen to sure. your, you know your parents sure. or your grandparents. Well, and and aside from the obvious greed aspect, not that our families are ever very greedy. If I had a dollar for every time. I took unmarried couples out to look at houses they were buying together and begged them 
to set up some sort of estate plan to, to do something in advance. And I, I try to remind them, like, I don't ever want anything to happen to you. Right. But God forbid one of you is hit by a bus. And the other person is going to be stuck dealing with your grieving family. Right. You know, we, we keep using the example of the parent or grandparent, but mm-hmm. none yeah. of us know. And so it, it could happen at any My time. My husband and died 41 days after we were married. That, you know, I mean, very sorry, Stoney. No one knows better than me. Right. No, I know. I mean, it's like, ooh. And just to, to make it even worse, to your, to your point, how about an unmarried couple with children? Right. And the children are relying right. on that money yeah. in order that that probated money on for that property in order to fund their schooling and their expenses and so forth. And now you're waiting 18 months. Mm-hmm. It's, okay, I'm, kids, if we haven't scared you into an estate, well, that's yet, I, I that, don't know what will. Right. I'm saying you're really doing a tremendous disservice to your family, to your children, to your to your, anyone that you love. If you don't get an estate plan, and as a corollary to that, if you're, if you're married, you really should have a prenuptial agreement. That's probably <laughs> that's probably a different a, a and, different a different conversation. And I just for a want to highlight day. here, people, that these gentlemen don't do family law or trust in estate planning law. That's not their wheelhouse. They're just saying it's important. They do trust what they us. ask. Oh my goodness. Well, okay. So so we've talked about the importance of getting a, a trust or an estate plan set up. I've talked about what can happen. Um, you know, because crazy stuff comes up. So then there's the in-between ground. So let's just say that someone hasn't died yet, but they're older and they've got this real estate asset. What could possibly go wrong with that? Well, you know, believe it or not, there are some nefarious people out there in the world. They take advantage of of individuals. And, and sadly, more often than not, in this context, we see it happening to somebody who's a little older, maybe elderly, maybe not, you know, as active or, or as in community with their family or their friends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've seen several occasions that we've had to litigate where this this person, whether it's a caretaker or a friend or, or an associate, who candidly, I'll just be frank, takes advantage of and convinces the the homeowner to sign over their property. Wow. And, and they you, actually do it. And they do it. And you, well, or at least they supposedly do it. That, we'll get mm. to that in, in, in a second, because um, usually this is not done publicly. Usually... It's not a recorded deed. Mm-hmm. And so imagine the shock. Your your parent has died. Mm-hmm. You, you, you're you sad, but you know they own this wonderful house. Mm-hmm. And, you you know, at least you're going to have that and sell it. And then this, this person shows up with a signed notarized deed that you've never heard of. But it was you, unrecorded. And, and, and you've never seen it. It's never recorded. And they're like, okay, I'm going to go. I just need you to know I'm going to go record this deed now. That is, it, it's a shocking, scary situation. It makes my head hurt and it my heart hurt. It makes your head hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've, we've had to deal, in, deal with a number of those cases. Yes. You have options. You, Thank goodness. You, you, you should definitely immediately contact an attorney. Like you guys. Like us. And, and we've, fortunately, we've uh, been very successful in these cases of undoing these types of transactions. Thank God. Uh, but they're difficult. They are. Going back to, you know, an estate would probably avoid some of that. Sure. But, you know, if somebody's going to take advantage of someone, there, there's things they can do. And, and, you know, sending over the deed is a problem, but that's not really the only way people are taking advantage of. Right. I mean, to Chris's point, you know, you're dealing with a, with a he said, she said thing and one of them's passed. Mm-hmm. So all you have is, you know, you, you say dad would never have done this. This was an actual case that we had. You know, yeah. dad would never have given the deed. Well, dad's gone. Yeah. And then we only have this person who has the signed notarized deed saying, oh, no, he wanted to because he wanted to take care of me or something. And you know. in the absence of evidence to the contrary. Right. Exactly. It's, well, it's, it, it's it, very it, challenging. It, they're very challenging cases. And that's why, you know, you need attorneys who are going to really dig in. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are at the outset, those are not easy cases because you have to comb through documents, emails, you know, financial transactions to try and 
tell this story. To build a story, right. To build a story that, mm-hmm. you know, and we're ultimately we're storytellers as litigators. Yes. You know, you have to tell a story. Yes. It, it's convincing a judge or a jury mm-hmm. that your version of events is right and it's got to make sense. It's got to be a story. You've got to have the actors, why they did this, what they did. Mm-hmm. But that takes a lot of work. I mean, it, t- it takes, you know, a year and a half, two years to put together the evidence to tell that story. And that's really combing through bank records, combing through emails and texts and really sort of everything you can to try and recreate what exactly went down because the key witness isn't isn't around. Right. They're no longer here. You have to show circumstantial evidence to show that he or she would never have agreed to that transaction or that you procured it through fraud. Right. Or that they were unaware or or exactly. or, or that they were unaware. And right. you know that that's there is a particular um, scenario I want to ask you about, but sure. first we're gonna take a really quick break, right, Paul? Absolutely. Because we want to point out to the world, if they haven't figured it already, that Wendy surrounds herself with some really great strategic partners, including their guest today here, Ford and Diulio, the sponsor of the show. Ford and Diulio is an Orange County-based boutique litigation firm with experienced attorneys from the big law firms. So what you're getting is people who really know what they're doing, if you haven't figured that out already. The partners who founded Ford and Diulio on the concept of aligned interests. There's something radically different, where their success is tied to your success, where they're rewarded for being efficient and effective, not just dragging it out, and where they engage in the relentless pursuit of their clients' goals, whether in litigation, mediation like we're talking about today, or even a trial, should it come to that. If that's what you're looking for, if that's who you want fighting for you, Find them at FordDiulio.com. Just like it sounds, F-O-R-D-D-I-U-L-I-O, FordDiulio.com. All right, Wendy, do I get to ask a question of these guys? Every question we ask will take 20 minutes, so these guys well, are like Me uh, first, me first. <laughs> I, have, I have one more question that's right. really important, then it's all you, Paul. Okay. You know I love you. These guys know, and a lot of people don't know, that my late husband was a Marine veteran, and he was passionate about Veterans Legal Institute. He and I were huge advocates. We adore Antoinette Balta. We think she walks on water. She's an angel on earth. And I'm delighted that you are a veteran, also really involved with VLI. So, of course, thank you for your service. Thank you for your ongoing commitment. And I want you to share with me details about a story that Antoinette was telling me about a woman who was a victim of what I thought was elder financial abuse. No, absolutely. I'll I'll let Brendan handle that or at least start with it, but I, Antoinette's a dynamo. That's Isn't that's she? the way I describe her to everyone. I mean, she's just she's just great, and the work she does is is amazing. And we're really really happy and proud of our ability to to fund the, that veterans legal work. Yeah, I just can't thank you enough. Those veterans deserve so much advocacy. Yes, saw in a speech a while back the notion that we as a society, as, as Americans, have a sacred trust, which I love that phrase, yes. with the people who serve in uniform and are willing to sacrifice themselves, their families, and potentially their lives to keep us free. And so I share everything that Chris said. Antoinette is one of my dearest, dearest friends. Uh, she's doing incredible work with VLI and we are so honored that we're able to donate our uh, time, treasure and talent to uh, people who are so deserving. Mm-hmm. To your point, uh, what we were talking about is financial elder abuse, which is uh, this scourge that has been getting worse and worse and worse. And it's particularly bad because it targets the least, uh, the most vulnerable in right. our society. It's typically people who are less educated, people who are of limited means, and oftentimes people for whom English is not their first language. Mm, And so they get documents and so forth. And so it it targets low-income minority and elderly populations, which makes that as as a, it's a crime and it's a tort, but uh, it makes it particularly disgusting, in, yeah. in our view, to, to, to take advantage of someone who's so vulnerable. Certainly. And uh, so we are honored to represent a wonderful, wonderful lady 
who uh, who was a is a widow. Her husband was a Vietnam veteran, mm. and she lives in a very modest house in Stanton, California, and she lives on a very very modest income, which consists entirely of her Social Security and her husband's death benefits from the military. Wow. And there is a program that exists. I always say you know, <laughs> this this falls under the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's called the PACE program. PACE is an acronym for Property Assessed Clean Energy. The idea, at least nominally, is that uh, people can at no cost, and I use giant air quotes for no cost. There's always a cost. There's right. always a cost. That Yeah, this is the spoiler alert. There's a cost. <laughs> There's no for, free lunch, people. No. Yeah do things in order to improve the energy efficiency of people's homes. So that includes solar panels, upgraded AC units, upgraded windows, things of that sort. What people don't tell you is that the money that you incur in order to do that Mm -hmm. is placed as a super priority lien on your home ahead of your first and or second mortgage. Which is unheard of. How did they manage to make that possible. That, yes. Right. Well, in, in, in to Brent's point, the idea behind the program was perhaps noble. Mm-hmm. It was help people become more energy efficient. Sure. And we, the government, the county is going to step in and, and be really the collector of mm-hmm. these funds. Don't let them um, sit in drafty cold homes. I get it. But the, the notion that you know this money for improvements is now part of your property taxes and collected by the, the county, which has you know the most uh, extreme means of collecting. You know, right. The government always does. Right. And so it's problematic for many, many reasons. First of all, because it's a super priority lien, your mortgages are no longer eligible for Freddie Mac or Fannie Mae. So they now lose their eligibility for those government protections that exist. Which is sort of akin to the FDIC for deposits. I Correct. Mean, all the federal protections are then wiped out. Are wiped out so, when you when you get into so the this, government which program no one... you got into wiped out your government protection for your loan. Right. It's your ability to finance or refinance, right? Because, you know, so many of the loans are under these federal programs. Mm-hmm. There are ability to get, as you well know, yes. <laughs> there, there are lots of loans outside of those programs, but you're really limiting your market now. Of course. So that's an issue number one. And they are supposed to conduct an ability to pay analysis, but nobody does. Yeah. And well, the worst part is... The supposed. Yeah, there, right. there's a lot supposed of things to, There are a lot of things that are supposed to be done, but there's no analysis. This woman was living a tiny thing. She incurred $75,000 worth of additional things to her home. She can never repay that. The woman on a fixed income. The woman on a fixed income of Social Security and her husband's military death benefits. Which is probably a couple grand a month at exactly. best. Exactly. Yes. Right. Exactly. And so her property taxes, I think, quintupled. So now... She can't afford her home anymore. And the PACE program doesn't care because they get dollar one, right? So right. the county forecloses on it. They say, I don't care. Unpaid property taxes. For unpaid property taxes. Yeah. So now they, they get foreclosed on. PACE doesn't care because they're guaranteed their money, right? And so that's all they do is see if there's enough equity in the home to cover whatever that is. If it gets wiped out and you get kicked on the curb. Instead of being cold in your drafty old home, now you're homeless and you're on the street. Correct. Right. But but it's been upgraded. And so now so it's the been next foreclosed. So the next guy's going to benefit from it. Correct. Much nicer house. How is that not despicable? How is that legal? Well, it, it is. I mean, and that's that's why we're very happy that yes. we filed a, a very extensive lawsuit. And Brenda can speak to that. Because it, this is despicable. And this is something that... Everyone needs to be aware of this. Yes. Right. Talk and to it's, your it, older family members and, and make and sure. pay attention to what counties that you're in. Because, for example, L.A. has really taken charge on this because they have sued these various PACE providers for predatory lending practices, Terrific. essentially. Mm-hmm. And they've shut it down. So you now, you no longer are eligible to get a PACE loan in L.A. Fabulous. Unfortunately, PACE program is administered by this very weird kind of group, this loose affiliation of counties. And so it's on a county by county basis. Orange County still has it. I thought you were going to say Lucifer there for a minute. I'm like, <laughs> loose affiliation. Yes. <laughs> right. 
bleep that. <laughs> got it, got it. Half of this show is not going to show up in the final version. <laughs> okay, that's, no, that's good. <laughs> to be like re- redacted FOIA documents. Yeah. That could be a lot of black lines. And there's an and. Okay, that's, that's not classified. But bottom line is we uh, filed a 173-page complaint against the county, against the, the loose association, against all of the contractors that defrauded this poor woman against Pace, against everybody and their brother. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's still in its early stages, but uh, we are going to fight the good fight and do everything that we can to get this woman justice because she was wronged in a a horrible, horrible way. And to have lost her husband, a a military veteran, and then have to go through this, you know, in in her, you know, twilight of her life. It's unconscionable. She's she's in her 80s. It's just wrong. And she's now, she's spending her 80s wondering, is today the day that I'm going to get kicked to the curb? And where am I going to live? Right. And circling back, that's just unfair. There's no fairness there. There's no good faith there. I mean, there was supposed to be this analysis, but apparently the only analysis was, did she have equity right. that, we, that we could put a lien against? Right. That and was that, the only analysis. That was that. All right, Paul, I give up. I'm done. My head hurts. <laughs> I was only looking for a story. I didn't know I was going to get the story. That's how it's because they say they're storytellers. I said they must have heard some great stories, and I was going to ask for one. You certainly you gave me one there. Isn't that crazy? Well, there you go. Yeah. So, yes, Antoinette and I are on the caption, and Chris, and we're all working together to uh, to do do well for this, this right, poor and, lady. And that's why we're happy to talk about it, because as Brendan mentioned, L.A. County has really shut down the program, but it took lawsuits mm-hmm. against the county to get there. And so we're hopeful that our own, you know, humble work achieved the same thing here in Orange County. And it's so bad that we're at UCI. UCI Law has an entire clinic dedicated to PACE litigation, wow. suing because there are oh. an entire clinic. And she's working with us. And that, a good point. Yeah, we were working with UCI students at UCI. Go UCI. Yes, right. exactly. So this is a team effort. So we have three parts to the team. We have our firm, and we've been working on it. Then we also have Antoinette and a gentleman named Doug Tennant, who's been fantastic. And mm-hmm. we've been working together at Veterans Legal Institute. And then finally, we have a Professor Stacy Tut at UCI Law, who's the head of the Pace Litigation Clinic. And when I first got into this and I got her folder, mm-hmm. there are so many lawsuits and so many horrible stories. And each one of them is a some variant of this. Right. Someone who is... They're each tragic. They're all tragic. It's right. all a minority, low income or elderly and or taken advantage of and now facing in their twilight years being homeless. How many layers of abuse? It's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's outrageous. It, it is. And, and just again, just to circle back, talk to your parents, grandparents. Mm-hmm. We have a hard time. You have, probably have a hard time getting young, educated people to read the forms mm-hmm. that they're signing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and so the idea that some sort of retiree is is reading all this and really truly understanding. It's Absolutely. Just, it's, it's just, it's not plausible. It's not written in, in readily understood language. No. And you lack the context. Yeah, right. And you don't really understand the repercussions. All Certainly. you're hearing is, I'm going to get solar panels and new windows. That's nice. For free. That's yeah. great. Right. I love this. And so, you know, at the risk of sounding somewhat self-serving, you know, the whole point of this is use the benefit of experts to help you. Don't do real estate transactions without an experienced realtor who can help you mm-hmm. navigate right. these murky waters. Don't sign, don't sign contracts. Don't sign, don't, contract. sign, don't sign quick deeds. Don't sign anything. Yeah, don't sign anything without reading without it. Without reading it and talking to somebody. Don't use mm-hmm. a Kinko's or LegalZoom <laughs> form. You know, talk to a professional. And if anybody out there has any question about anything real estate related, call our team. We will get you in contact with the right professionals to answer your questions. And that's the same is true of us. If you contact us and it's something that we don't handle, as you said, we don't do family law. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. But we have a wonderful network of trusted uh, referrals that right. we can have. I mean, so we're, we're here because you know we know each other professionally, and, and good professionals know other good professionals. Exactly. And so that's exactly. that's the key to going to somebody like you. Whether you need an accountant or an estate plan mm -hmm. or a litigator, mm -hmm. you, you or an appraiser or an interior designer, whatever it is you need, you you know the good professionals in the industry, it's and that's so why you true. want to go to an expert. Right. It's critical. just so much better than a Google search because you have no idea. Yeah. All right. I could I could I could go down this rabbit hole until Friday, <laughs> but. I'm going to have to stop it here and, of course, invite you guys back because there's there's so much to sure. talk about. We're always happy to come back. Thank you. All right. So a little bit of shifting gears. Every week I ask my guests my little version of the Vanity Fair Proust questionnaire. And I'm going to go back and forth just to make people wonder who I'm talking to. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. So starting with you, Brendan. Yes. What city do you call home? I am a New York City boy. I grew up in Manhattan. My parents, my grandparents, my great-grandparents are all from uh, New York City, and so New York City will always be my ancestral home, uh, but I've now lived in California for uh, 25 years, and so I love Orange County. I live in Costa Mesa, mm -hmm. and so now that has become my home. That's awesome. And Chris, you also live in Costa Mesa, don't you? I, I do, yeah. So Costa Mesa is definitely my home. I, I grew up here in Orange County, not in Costa Mesa. Um, I grew up in Anaheim, but I've lived in Costa Mesa for, for a very long time, and uh, it's, it's my home. Nice, 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 nice. Tell me really briefly, because we're running out of time, what do you love about living in Costa Mesa? Or do you love living in Costa Mesa? Oh, so I, no, I, I love living in Costa Mesa. Okay. I, I live um, I live right by the river. Um, and so I can, you know, jog or bike. I can be in the beach and, you know, depends on if I bike or I run, but it, it's not, it's not that long. <laughs> uh -huh. um, it, it's, it's a great area. My neighborhood's nice. I live over in Mesa Verde and it's, it's very nice and quiet. And, you know, one of the things I love is a, as a, you know, part-time libertarian is I get to light a fireworks on Fourth of July and that was a that was a, that was a big driver of what city I wanted to live in by the way I can verify that that was a huge part of his decision <laughs> Le legal and safe and sane fireworks Le legally and completely but, in compliance but you know it's not quite the Fourth of July without a pool party a barbecue and a couple fireworks okay That's and true. because because I'm afraid of the answer I'm gonna give this question to you <laughs> Chris Delio what is your most treasured possession oh my 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 you know I I'm not really a material person I you know, it'd be easy to say one of my many vehicles, uh, which are which are all obnoxious. But it's it's my my positivity. I'm an eternal optimist. You are. It's true. I am. Yeah. Wow, that wasn't what I expected. And thank you for for not making us. Well, I would you. like to answer that question as <laughs> well, Ford. if I may. Yes, please. <laughs> I will say because I was thinking about this while Chris was talking. My uh, my most valuable the most valuable thing in my life is the circle, the wonderful circle of friends and family that I have that support me and love me and whom I love dearly. So Aww. there you go. Present and company included. Yeah. We love you back, We love you man. back, exactly. There you go. I, I couldn't imagine being law partners with anyone but Brendan. I think we, mm. uh, we complement each other very well. Uh, we have a lot of things we agree on, a lot of things we don't. But I think together we're a very good team. And that's what makes it a great team. Yeah. So I'm going to make you collaborate on this. Mm. Collaboratively, what do you think is collectively your best achievement to date? What is your greatest achievement? I know. Uh, well, I know. I think it's our Kentucky. I'd go a different. Okay. I'd go a Please slightly go different direction. Um, you know, we started the firm in 2015 with uh, you, me, and a couple of laptops. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> and and here we are, 2022 through COVID, right. and and we're still thriving. And so, building a business, mm -hmm. I think, is our greatest achievement. You're not we, just thriving. I mean, you're super lawyers. You're you're getting accolades through all of it. Yeah, but we weren't getting accolades in 2015 when it was <laughs> me, Chris, two little cheapo things, no money, no clients, no nothing. We practiced door law. Whoever walked through the door we can handle it <laughs> yes we are. it wasn't yeah uh, do you do eskimo rights in the south pole and chris's line well having done a lot of these uh, <laughs> i'm sure i can help you uh, oh colonizing mars having done a lot of these 
please. I can help you. So, yes. Door can't law. Give, can't give away all the secrets. No, no, no. Yes. Oh, the magic of door law. Oh, no, but, uh, yeah, like, you know, we were very, very lucky that we immediately had clients who just knew us from our reputations. And it was kind of scary whenever you start a business because mm-hmm. you don't know. Uh, and in the legal business, you, you really can't, you're not supposed to, you know, take clients with you from your, your existing firms. And we, we went through great strides not to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we put out our shingle and immediately we're getting phone calls and emails from people who wanted to hire us. And, and all of our work, uh, although we were happy to join this podcast, you know, you don't see us on TV or commercials. Um, you haven't seen my picture on the back of a bus or Brendan mm-hmm. on a billboard. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our work comes from referrals. It mm-hmm. comes from professionals who know us or attorneys who know us, and, or former clients or opposing counsel who've, who've interacted with us. And when they've come across somebody who needs legal work, they refer them to us uh, because yeah. they've, they've dealt with us and they know we're going to do a really good job. And, and you know, what you, your point that you've just made is part of why I was so honored that you're willing to endorse my podcast because we are friends. We're professional friends. You know, we refer business back and forth and you don't as a rule advertise. So it, it means a lot to me that you're willing to put your name on my show and, and even better yet, be here and participate. We're, we're, we're proud of the opportunity. Yes. All right. Yeah. Well, before we wrap it up, if you would please tell the lovely people out there, because so they're all going to be wanting to reach you. How can they reach you? Well, they can reach us uh, by phone at 714-450-6830, or they can email us. It's our first initial last name, so I'm B. Ford, and he's K. Diulio at FordDiulio.com. Right, and our website, www.FordDiulio.com. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. You'll be back. I won't let you say no. (laughs) And for those of you listening, please join us next week. We're going to sit down with the Alzheimer's Association to continue this conversation about the elderly. And we're going to talk about the future care of of things and aging in place. And any of you who uh, want to reach me, you know how to grab my website too, realveracity.com, or just listen to our podcast wherever you most like to listen to podcasts. Have a great week. Great. Thanks again. 